0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz interview series with Atlanta-based jazz hammond organist, pianist, and educator Matthew Kaminsky. He is the main organist for the Atlanta Braves and just wrapped up quite a weekend with the L.A. Dodgers. He opens up about his new 2022 CD with Jeff Hamilton and Bruce Foreman called L.A. Connection. At his core, he is a musician who performs for a crowd of 40,000 people at least 81 times a year, a gig that started back in the 2009 season. He's a popular figure in the baseball world. He's known for entertaining the crowds with funny musical asides when a player from the opposing team comes up to the plate. He's also got some serious jazz chops. We get into all of this and more. Enjoy.
1: You guys had an eventful weekend down there in Atlanta.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a, it, it was a sold-out series, definitely for sure. And uh, last night was a pretty big disappointment. We were winning two nothing in the ninth inning, actually with two outs, and unfortunately the Dodgers kind of came back there and then went into extra innings, and we lost in the eleventh.
1: I watched it, man. Yeah, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, Jansen, you know, the commentators were up there talking about it they were just like you know he really wants to hammer home they made a mistake and i could just see it like the like a rod and that other dude was just talking about how he was throwing things that, like had extra extra hot sauce on it and he really wanted to show roberts and and the group you know uh, i i'm i'm the real deal and then right. that, i mean that dude almost had it right there at first i mean everybody was on their feet uh, Matt Olson,
2: yeah you know, and it's just
1: at the end of the day, it's really that's baseball. It's sports. It's like at any minute, that's the magic of it. As much as you can become the hero, you can also become the one that has to be on the receiving end of it. But it was a great series, and I'm really glad that you know Freddie got the reception. It just seemed like it was a really good weekend for you guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, this this whole year, I think we've had um, I gonna say 20 or 21 um, sold out games. So. That's definitely something that's uh, kind of new for us.
1: Yeah, it almost seems like I remember that in Kansas City back in 14, 15 when we were doing good. I mean, the, the, the crowds were packed, everything was there, and now we've kind of trailed off, which tends to happen. You know, you go through phases of winning, and then everybody kind of slacks back a little bit. So right, uh, yeah, good to see that uh, things are going good down there. And, well, hey, man, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. Sure. Um, First and foremost, I want to know, you know, as somebody that is an artist and a musician, this last two years has been pretty heavy on all of us, and it's really shut things down for musicians more than anything else. How did you do over this COVID time?
2: Um, I think I, I I made it pretty well, you know. Um, I actually released an album during that time that was recorded right before COVID um, kind of hit. So in um, uh, January of 2020, I recorded an album called LA Connection with uh, Jeff Hamilton and Bruce Foreman. And when COVID hit, I was really unsure about, you know, what should I do with this? You know, how how are my expenses going to be or how's my uh, finances are going to be? And, you know, I was really kind of just pondering, you know, should I just sit on this for a while? And, and I did. I did for, you know, a good year and a half. I kind of sat on it and um, I ultimately decided to uh, uh, release it independently, but um, there was a, definitely a lot of my my kind of plans had changed once the pandemic happened, and um, I went into kind of more money saving mode than anything. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think I've, I've I've done pretty well though. You know, um, baseball kind of um, kept on going. Uh, you know, the half the 2020 season was gone, but they, they picked it up at the end of the season. So I had kind of my steady gigs with that, but um, slowly but surely, my, uh, my jazz gigs have really kind of um, bounced back.
1: Talk to me a little bit about how this jazz journey began for you. Are you originally from Atlanta? How did everything start for you?
2: No, actually, I'm from Chicago. So I grew up in the oh, Chicago cool. area. went to high school around there, and then when I graduated high school, I I ended up going to the University of Arizona in Tucson. So I wanted to go, I guess, as far as I could away from Chicago or maybe as hot as I could from, from Chicago. So I, I graduated, um, in 95, went to University of Arizona for a couple of years. And then while I was in Arizona, my dad got a new job in Savannah, Georgia. And that's how I kind of, I kind of followed my parents over to Georgia and, um, I've been here since, uh, 1998.
1: How did the jaws of jazz get into you? How did this passion begin for you? And, and how did you want to become a jazz musician?
2: Actually, it was in high school. So in high school, they were searching for um, a pianist for the jazz band. And I had actually played uh, the organ since you know I was about five years old. So I was taking organ lessons and I was playing kind of that Lawrence Welk theater style of organ playing. It's I think it was kind of Broadway-esque type of organ playing. You know once they were searching for a pianist in high school i was, you know my my friends kind of convinced me to join and so i I kind of dove into it and and once once I started you know really getting into the music i I fell in love with it um my jazz band director was a guy named scott Bleagy, still you know still around and he was a, a trombone player in the buddy rich big band, so he had a really good kind of foundation in big band uh you know playing and and the jazz band's kind of environment in Chicago, especially in the high school range of years, um, was really rich. You know, we, we had jazz band uh, um, competitions and stuff like that. There were kind of regional student jazz bands. So, um, yeah, my, my high school years were definitely my formative years in jazz. So
1: who were some influences? Who were some casts that you were listening to that really got you going?
2: Well, my um, that so that jazz band director actually gave me a cassette tape back, <laughs> back in the 90s of um, Joey De Francesco. My jazz band director kind of knew that I, I started off playing the organ, but I had never heard of anyone playing jazz on the organ. You know, I had um, heard of just more of that kind of theater style. So um, he gave me the cassette tape of J- Joey De Francesco and then um, out of that, I ended up buying a um, Jimmy Smith CD and... Um, that's really what started my journey into playing jazz organ, even though, you know, all through this time, I, I still play jazz piano, but, um, jazz organ really caught my attention and, um, I still try to pursue it to this day.
1: What was the first live show that you saw that really blew you away?
2: Ooh, um, you know what? I think it was Marcus Roberts. So, uh, uh, the blind jazz pianist Marcus Roberts had a solo piano concert um when I was in high school of just him playing it was, it was all kind of like ragtime tunes, but he had his own way of jazzing them up, so he was playing um he was playing Joplin tunes and um and Gershwin and stuff like that but um, Marcus Roberts you know is a phenom and he you know it really kind of showed me you know what could be done on the piano as well as, you know, hearing those uh, recordings on the organ. So I would say Marcus Roberts was the first like really big, um, concert I went to.
1: So what were your first shows like when you actually did decide, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going out. I'm going after it. Is this, is the stage, uh, you know, kind of an extension of who you are. Is it a comfortable place for you
2: at first? No. So, um, being more of an introvert, um, it really took me a while to get comfortable. So at first, you know, playing in high school jazz band or playing in college jazz bands and combos, I was I was not comfortable at all. You could uh, you could really see it on my face. You could see like the sheer terror on my face. But uh um you know, after a while I started just getting more and more comfortable, you know, after doing, you know, various combo concerts um, in college and then you know, going out and doing just various gigs throughout college, um, I guess I started to relax and then, you know, I think it's, for me, it's been a long journey of getting more and more comfortable with, with my, my baseball gig. Um, I I played the organ for the Braves. It it even took me a long time to even get comfortable at that as well. So I, I would definitely say that I'm not a natural performer, but, um, these days I've um, I've certainly come a long way.
1: So how did you land that gig? That seems pretty coveted. How, how did that come about?
2: You know what? It was pretty much dumb luck. So, um, I've been teaching, um, organ, piano, and accordion since about 2000. And one of my adult organ students in 2009, um, just asked me out of the blue one day if I was ever interested. And he was actually partners of the audio engineer at the Braves games. And, um, they were just kind of looking for an organist behind the scenes. They weren't really putting out a um, a press kind of announcement or anything like that or an audition announcement. There weren't hundreds of people trying to audition. <laughs> so they were uh, just looking kind of behind the scenes for musicians. And I said, sure. You know, it, it never even dawned on me. You know, even though I've been to, um, growing up in Chicago, I've been to Cubs games and even White Sox games and, you know, I've even been to a Braves game at that point. Um, it never really kind of dawned on me that that was something I could do. So once he kind of put that in my head, I said, sure, I could do it. And uh, I've been there ever since 2009.
1: So, how do you make that split, like, just kind of from an artistic standpoint between, you know, kind of playing to these large crowds in a sports environment and then going into a club or a scene where you're actually doing your jazz how do those two kind of feed off of each other and play into each other
2: well the the baseball thing you know i have to think more in terms of pleasing the crowd um not that i don't do that in my jazz gigs but um my job as a baseball organist is to make the crowd happy and i have to realize that the crowd is a, is a wide range of ages you know you've got kids there you've got um high schoolers teens you have got People from the 20s all the way to senior citizens. So, um, so what I try to do at all the baseball games is I try to cater the music so it fits all um, age ranges and it fits all kind of musical genres. I, I try to really mix, you know, from old standards up to, you know, playing some Lady Gaga. You know, I'm I'm constantly trying to figure out songs that, um, you know, everyone's liking. Thought processes a little bit different. When I go to my jazz gigs, I try to um, choose songs based, you know, based on where I'm playing as well as um, the musicians I'm playing with. So, um, you know, if I find I have a musician who's playing with me who's more, I guess, blues like, I might kind of cater my set towards that. So, um, so to me, it's a different mindset. You know, I, um, you know, I want to make my artistic statements when i play with my groups more than i guess playing at the baseball games but i also do want to please the crowd when i'm playing my jazz gigs too but you know uh still feeding my artistic senses
1: so what is it that you like the best about being a professional musician, I mean, you obviously have you know just the, the job with the baseball team, and you're a musician. But what is it that you look forward to every day when you have that opportunity to put your put your music out there for people to enjoy?
2: Well, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of you know Braves fans don't realize that um, I do things more than just the Braves. <laughs> so, so as as a musician, I, I I'm a teacher, so I, I have about 15 private students right now, and um, that kind of goes up and down throughout the year. And I also, I play in a salsa band, which, which I absolutely love. I love salsa music and Latin jazz. Um, I play in a polka band because um, I play the accordion as well. So in October, I get pretty busy when um, that Oktoberfest season rolls around. But I think still my number one love in, um, in music is, is playing jazz on the organ. So um, I try to, um, if I have time, I try to go down to my Hammond B three organ in my music room every day and and try to shed and uh, work on songs, write some songs. Um, so so my uh, my heart really is into playing jazz on the organ, and uh, I think that really uh, started when I was in high school.
1: So talk to me about this album. I mean, Jeff Hamilton. You know, I mean, you got some heavy hitters on this. Talk to me about how the union of musicians came together, how kind of the artistic roadmap was for this and what you're doing
2: to promote it. For me, it was a dream combo. So I, I had known Bruce Foreman, the guitarist, or for a little while because I, I had performed in um, Los Gatos, California, which is outside of San Jose. And I had played with Bruce out there. And in 2020, I had the opportunity of going to the NAM show, which is the National Association of Music Merchants show in Anaheim. And, um, you know, I gave uh, or I, I wrote to Bruce um, saying, you know, let's let's have an album or let's put an album together. And I said, you know, who do we got on drums? <laughs> and and Bruce is so connected. You know, he's naming all these people and everything. And and uh, and I'm trying to think of, who you know, who's out in Los Angeles. And then one of the first names who popped into my mind was Jeff Hamilton. I'm like, if I have a chance to play with Jeff Hamilton, that would be. Absolutely beautiful. So um so it came together. Um, we recorded for two days um, right before the NAM show. And they were there for actually they were there going to the NAM show as well. Um, they live out there, um, near um Los Angeles, so um it wasn't hard to get them out there, but they're also going to the NAM show. And yeah, it, it, it turned out really good. You know, it you know, it took a little a couple maybe hours to really get comfortable you know we've never played together as a unit but um um but there's such there's such pros that it uh it came together pretty quickly i'm really happy with the album so at at first like i was saying before with the pandemic hit i was you know i had plans of releasing it on um i was on summit records um at that point with um, through a subsidiary called chicken coop records with tony monaco and I was planning on releasing it through that way, but um the pandemic kind of changed things, so I ended up just kind of releasing it on my own um uh, printed out two hundred lps so it's on uh actual vinyl records and uh, you can also download it on iTunes and such but uh um yeah i'm I'm really proud of it, and um you know hopefully uh um the people who have bought it are are happy with it as well.
1: If you could get into a jazz DeLorean and go back in time and see anybody in the history of jazz play live, where would you go? Who would you see?
2: I've, I've seen Jimmy Smith perform before, but I would love to have seen him play, you know, in his heyday. So, um, you know, perhaps Jimmy Smith with uh, Kenny Burrell and uh, Grady Tate would have been a great uh, trio, maybe back in the 60s. Larry Young with Grant Green and Alvin Jones would have been incredible. Um I don't know how much they actually performed. They they recorded together a lot. Um but I don't know um how much they actually performed together. You know, all the all the the top organists I would have loved to see. Even though I've seen Jimmy McGriff live, I would have loved to have seen him back in in the heyday you know, in the in the sixties. So McGriff, Jack McDuff, this guys like that I would have loved to all seen you know back in the sixties.
1: So in a very generic sort of way, I mean, it's a simple question, but why do you love jazz?
2: I love the aspect of improvisation. I actually get i get asked, um, I want to say quite a bit, but every year I get asked every once in a while to play in cover bands, you know, to play. And these days what's what's getting really kind of popular around Atlanta are specific band cover bands. Like do you wanna be in a, a Queen cover band? Do you wanna be in an Elton John cover band? Do you wanna be <laughs> and um and there's there's one band that um in Atlanta called the Yacht Rock Review where they do all kind of yacht rock music and, and I always decline that because I am not the type of musician who likes to learn people's parts note for note. For example, I'm not gonna sit down and learn a Steely Dan, Donald Fagan electric piano part note for note. So when I get those calls about joining these cover bands, I I pretty much instantly decline those because if I were to join one of those bands, I would have to change change it up each night. I'm such an improvising musician that um, I have a really hard time sticking with um, exact parts. You know, and I can read music; I read music fine, um, but I'm I'm way too much of an improviser to. Uh, um be kind of uh, pigeonholed in that kind of cover band thing. So with with jazz I love to improvise and I love I love swing. You know, I love how it makes me feel. I love how um you know the sound of the organ uh and that jazz kind of swing groove con- context really makes me feel. So um you know jazz is definitely in my heart.
1: So everyone has a perception of you your family, your friends your fans everybody that sees you at the ballpark but ultimately you live your life you have a perception of you who do you think you are
2: you know I guess I'm just someone who loves music you know i'm I'm definitely I love my family so'm I'm, I'm definitely a husband and dad first I have two daughters they're nine and twelve and I've been married for uh, over fourteen years now so definitely a family man first but You know, as a musician, I love to uh, entertain people and I, you know, I love uh, making music, whether that's performing or uh, recording or, um, or contributing in other ways.
1: Right on, man. Matthew, thank you for taking some time out today, man. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Good luck with the album. And before we actually hop off here, tell everybody where the best place is to go to not only pick the album up, but to learn anything about live gigs with you or anything related
2: to your recordings in life? Sure. You can go to MatthewKaminski.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I.com. And um, I try to keep it updated with my gigs. Um, During baseball season, I'm pretty much all all booked up with Braves games. Um, I also play college baseball. So before the Braves start, um, starting in February, I, I start with, Um, The University of Georgia baseball team, I'll play the organ for them, as well as some other colleges around here. So I'm pretty busy with that, but I try to keep my uh, schedule updated on my website as well, and you can find the album on there.
1: Well, hey, thank you again, man. Good luck with everything. It was great to get to know you. I can't wait to play your music on the
0: show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Atlanta, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Matthew for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the theneonjazz.blogspot.com or go to jodomino.com, and there you can contribute via Patreon or PayPal. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
1: Neon Jazz.